Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And a very good morning to you uh, on this Tuesday morning. And I have to say, it is good to be back. And I'm slowly but surely getting back on my feet and recovering after what I can only say was a really, really nasty dose of flu. I can hand on heart now say that I had never suffered from the flu before. And, you know, over the years, when you come down with a, you know, a rotten, nasty head cold, you might have a strep throat, you might even have a chest infection that, you know, you, you have to go to the doctor and get antibiotics for and you're feeling utterly miserable and you'll say to people oh I had a really bad dose of the flu believe me you didn't (laughs) and it's only when you get the flu that you just realise what a nasty nasty virus it is and it, it felt at times like I had been hit by a bus and I think it was how energy sapping it was. I mean, rather than you've the normal symptoms, you know, I had a very, my throat was particularly sore and it seemed to be that that's where the, the, the viral infection was at the back of my throat. So my throat was uh, quite sore and, you know, I had a bit of a kind of a barky cough and I was running a temperature and I'd go from feeling hot one minute to feeling frozen the next minute and I ached every part of my body at some stage, you know, down to the tips of my fingers at one stage uh, were paining me. But it was just the my energy levels. I literally just wanted to crawl into bed and just leave me alone and just get in with a warm duvet. And then you'd fall off to sleep and then I'd wake up and I would be absolutely roasted so the duvet had to go go off her. And then I'd wake up and I'd be freezing and I would be, I'd have the chills, I'd be shivering. It was just, it's a nasty, nasty dose. And I didn't get a flu vaccine shot, but I'm telling you, I will be first in the queue. I was going to say next year, but it'll be later on this year, won't it, when when it comes out normally around, because normally around September, October, I take Marsha, my special needs daughter, along to get her flu vaccine because she'd be in the at-risk group. And I got the flu vaccine, funny enough, last year. But the reason I got it last year was we were travelling to Australia for Christmas and we were going into a house with a newborn baby, an unvaccinated newborn baby, and they were quite rightly insisting that all of our vaccinations were up to date and they insisted on all of us getting the flu vaccine so we did and that was my first time getting it and I was saying sure I never get the flu anyway why would I need the flu vaccine I tell you after getting it this year I, I, I'm, a, I'm a great and if I got the flu vaccine I certainly wouldn't have got the what that nasty virus that I got last year so it's it's it, it's tough so I have sympathies with anyone who uh, has come down with it because it's it seems according to the doctor we're now on a second wave of this uh, flu it was there before Christmas and we'd been talking about Australia because we looked to Australia because obviously they have their winter before us and we'd been looking to see what was the pattern of flu this year in Australia and theirs had come earlier and peaked earlier 
but they got a second wave of it and it looks like we've done the very same thing we had it before Christmas and then it's sort of levelled off and it's back again now so you do need to really look after yourself and if you haven't had the flu vaccine yet it's still not too late as far as I know I know certainly after Christmas we were saying to people it wasn't too late if you still haven't, hadn't got the flu vaccine too late for me now that I, I got the flu but so slowly but surely recovering but, but I think energy wise levels it's going to take me quite a few weeks before I can eventually say I feel 100% better so it's just kind of a few gentle weeks and uh, I'm taking a good strong uh, tonic and just try and build myself up uh, that way so thank you to people who kind thoughts and comments coming in from listeners checking uh, checking up on, on how I was doing and people already sending in messages welcoming me back thank you it is good to be back and my thanks to John Paul who sat in across uh, last week and Bernie then uh, sitting in for John Paul and uh, holding the fort and and when I let when when I left you last week we'd been talking about the fact it was just it was it was the first day back on the Monday after the general election and we were looking at the runners and riders and the winners and losers and then we were saying okay over to you guys over to the politicians that we voted in to decide where do we go from here and who's going to be ruling us uh, who's going to be ruling the country for the next four to five years five years and I come back a week later and a bit like deja vu nothing really has changed at all according to the political commentators in the papers today let's look at the very latest on what people are saying Fine Gael have left open they're still leaving open the possibility of this grand coalition with Fianna Fáil now they'll need obviously the numbers aren't there for just the two parties to get together they'll need a another uh, to join them are they're going to need a number of independents uh, to join them but that still isn't being ruled out now that's despite TDs within the Fianna Gael party being unanimous in their desire that they want to spend the next five years in the opposition benches. And if you look at reading some of the political commentators today, it seems there are a lot within Fine Gael believe, you know, we've been in power now for nine years. This is now a time for reflection for the party. We need to step back and we need to stay on the opposition benches. So that theory is still uh, there. Uh, there was an intense six-hour meeting in Leinster House Yesterday and the TDs obviously got to wrestle the pros and cons of ending civil war politics because really if there was a grand coalition, I'm not talking about confidence and supply here, I'm talking about an actual grand coalition, really that's what they were, both parties would be doing. They would be saying OK, let's shake hands on this and let's end what divided us, what's, how Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael first came out, which would be the ending of civil war politics. But the Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar, now at that meeting he didn't seek nor was he given a mandate to open negotiations with any party on the formation of a new government for the moment Uh, senior party figures speaking to the Irish Independent said they intend to push Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil as far as possible before they will enter the game so they're not ruling themselves out they're kind of sitting a little bit on the fence at the moment and then if you're reading in the examiner Mary Lou MacDonald she remains adamant that a coalition of the left She says it can still be formed, which would bring Sinn Féin into government. And she's still saying, and she's been saying this really since last Monday, that Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil returning to power for five years, she says that is simply unbelievable 
thinkable. And then you've got the Green Party separately. Their leader, Eamon Ryan, met with TDs from Solidarity People Before Profit yesterday. Eamon Ryan has says he wants to meet with Sinn Féin. He also wants to meet with Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Social uh, Democrats for talks aimed at breaking the deadlock and putting together a new government. And after his meeting with Eamon Ryan, the People Before Profits, uh, Richard Boy Barrett said his grouping their main message to the Green Party leader was that you should not in any way contemplate putting Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil back in power. Because when people talk about this grand coalition, certainly any of the ones I've been reading about, it's Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and then bring in the Greens. Uh, I think the numbers stack up for that sort of a Uh, grand coalition to work but you know I suppose it'll have to go back to the Green Party members as well I mean how many they've 12 uh, TDs but I take it it's not just the TDs will decide it'll go back uh, to their membership I mean the last time the Greens went into power uh, they got um, a hammering after and that always happens the junior parties in any coalition look at the Labour Party they're still trying to recover after they got the the kicking at the election for being in government with uh, Fine Gael so there's always that that side to it and, and you know I'm wondering how much do the Green Party want to be in power they can affect change while they're in power but then the fallout afterwards you know will, how many more years will it take them then to recover from the fallout I suppose all of that will have to be weighed up but as of now we still do not have a government uh, your thoughts and comments welcomed 1850 John Paul back sitting in his normal seat taking all of your calls this morning you can text or WhatsApp as well to 086 at 2103103 now coming up on the programme uh, today we do have a wonderful competition that's running right across this week and it's a daily prize and they, it is a pair of Husqvarna hearing protection they're headphones but they're hearing protection so they're not your normal uh, headphones but what's quite special about this particular Husqvarna hearing protection is it's got a built in FM radio so you put on this hearing protection for whatever work that you're doing that you need to protect your hearing but you can listen to FM radio which means you can listen to us here on C103 while you're going about your uh, daily work and uh, it's the the hearing protection uh, that we're giving away is uh, thanks to our good friends at Atkins Carrigahan Road and Husqvarna and actually Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna also more information evening it's going to happen tomorrow week Wednesday the 26th at the Oriel House Hotel in Ballincollig at half past seven admission is free on that night and uh, one lucky person who goes along on the night will actually walk away with the free Husqvarna Otter Moor that's Atkins Carrickahan Road everything from the farm and the garden later on I will play you a clip of a song and the last couple of words have been mowed out and you've got to try and tell us a well known song and you've got to try and tell us what are the last couple of words that we've mowed out of the song and then we'll invite you uh, at some stage during the course of the programme to be caller number nine with the correct answer and you'll be walking away with the Husqvarna hearing protection headphones with built-in FM radio. On the programme this morning, uh, we will be talking about this ghost ship. This uh, came into Ballycotton during Storm Dennis. I don't know how many people have gone down to take photographs. I'm sure I saw warnings from the Coast Guard telling people to stay away uh, from it. But it's just incredible to think that a ship of this size has literally been bouncing around the seas 
for the last 16 months. Isn't it? Isn't it unreal? And of course, the minute I heard uh, about it, my first thought was, goodness me, what are the environmental implications? I mean, is there oil on board? Is there is there fuel on board? What happens when this ship starts to break up? And we know there's uh, so much work going on to try to protect our seas because the condition that our seas are in with all the amount of plastics that are in is the last thing you want is a big ship like this breaking up, particularly uh, so close to the harbour. So we'll be talking, getting the very latest on that story today. I'm interested in your thoughts and uh, comments on this Guinness Easter egg. Couldn't believe it when I saw this uh, yesterday. And it's 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 dark chocolate, so I'm straight away saying, if anybody out there is thinking of buying me an Easter egg, please don't buy me a Guinness Easter egg. Nothing wrong with the Guinness Easter egg, except one, I don't like dark chocolate, and I certainly don't like the taste of Guinness, so I can't even imagine. Now, I'm sure for Guinness lovers, it, they probably love the idea of an Easter egg that tastes in some way like Guinness. It has 5% stout in this Guinness Easter egg and it's gone on sale. Now Alcohol Action Ireland which are the charity that are they operated and run by the HSE uh, but obviously they are the group that are very worried about our attitude to alcohol our relationship to alcohol in this country and of course they do a lot of work to try to protect young people and of course the younger the age that we can get keep children away from alcohol the better. So you kind of, it's, it just doesn't sit well. An Easter egg with that, you know, with alcohol in it and a Guinness Easter egg. Isn't Easter really, you know, from the Easter egg point of view, I know there's a religious aspect to Easter before people jump down my throat and say it isn't all about Easter eggs. But for the children, they'll talk about Easter eggs and getting uh, Easter eggs. So is it re- is it a step too far? Or do you see it from the other side that Alcohol Action Ireland are kind of going a bit over the top here? It's only an Easter egg. You know, no one is going to buy a Guinness. Surely no one is going to buy a Guinness Easter egg uh, for a child. But I suppose if it comes into the house, children, yes, could end up eating it. But I can't. Can you see anyone going out and buying a Guinness Easter egg and handing it to their five-year-old child or their five-year-old goddaughter? I can't. I would be blown away if anybody was, was to do that. But how do people feel about this Easter egg on sale? this year and it is a Guinness uh, Easter egg. After 11 we are going to hear about a business that has been set up here in Cork and it offers an alternative to nursing home care our home care packages you know private home care packages to keep a loved one at home. We know we have I'm slow to say a crisis but we do have a problem with when it comes to looking after our elderly people at home. Not everybody wants to go to a nursing home. There isn't always a nursing home available and of course the other option then is home care packages Uh, and some of the home care packages can be very expensive because of the nature of the job and the length of time that carers would have to come into your house to look after an older person. So I really was interested when I heard about this company and what this company is doing and it's It's just offering an alternative and it's another way of looking at if you have a loved one who wants to remain at home and they need a little bit of care and there's nobody there to do it. This is something I think that might work for a number of people. So we'll chat more about that on the programme today. We're going to discuss the benefits of MACRA membership uh, today. 
And usually at the start of any new year, it's always a good time to get involved with new hobbies. And uh, and certainly of late, we would hear from people who say they find it difficult to go out and meet someone. Uh, you know, where do you go to socialise where you can, you know, maybe get romantically linked with somebody? Now, I know over the years there has been many, many Makra Nefarma marriages. Many romances have bloomed at a Makra meeting. So maybe if you will find out the age group in which you can join uh, Makra. But we're going to talk about one particular local Makra group. They're going to hold an open kind of an information evening just to get the message out there. And I think, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I've always thought when you think about Makra Nefarma, you think of it as a farming organisation. You think of it as, oh, you've got to be you know really involved in farming or coming from a farming background to join. And that is not the case. I was looking at figures yesterday. I think it's only a third of members are actually actively involved in farming. So there's a lot of people who would have no contact at all with farming who joined their local macro group and they get involved in a whole host of different activities. Incredible amount of activities they get involved involved with. So if you've been sort of sitting at home thinking, oh, I'd love to get out and about, love to do more things and get involved, maybe Mockwin Pharma is just for you. So we'll chat about that on the programme. And then in light of the dreadfully sad news over the weekend of the death of Caroline Flack, Joe Heffernan today is going to talk about suicide bereavement because I've heard so many different either on radio or on TV or on podcasts and just people talking about Caroline Flack's death and talking about the way she was bullied I suppose is is one way of looking at it but the way she was treated online and the abuse that she was getting on social media and nobody I think was aware of how fragile Caroline Flack's mental health was and you know I hope, I really do hope her death is a lesson to people who even if only once you've been nasty online to somebody and felt you had the right to say something to to someone you don't even know and particularly someone who's just a public figure and just because you see them in public you think you know them. Nobody knows what's going, no one knows what's going on behind closed doors but nobody knows what's going on in anyone's head. You know, I don't know what's going on in your head, you don't know what's going on in my head and you know what the one thing that has since Caroline has died and it was she herself had said it you know in this world if you can be anything just be kind and I thought it was lovely last night on Love Island the way they they, they didn't put up their sponsor ship ads that normally as at the beginning and end of every ad break and instead they had a link to the Samaritans and the hashtag was be kind and I've seen so many people tweet and I've seen it on Instagram and on Facebook since Caroline's death with that hashtag be kind you know my mother used to always say and she was a wise woman she used to always say if you've nothing good to say then say nothing at all and you know wh- why can't we go back to that you know wh- why do we feel we have the right to be and it's is keyboard warriors you're sitting at home and you see something online and you mightn't like it or if you don't like it just move on from it why do you feel you have to add something that's and some of the comments even since Caroline's death some of the comments have been absolutely vile and it just I, I, you know sometimes you think what's going on in their world the, the trolls the people that are doing it what's going on in their world that they feel it, it's okay to do that so 
Uh, anyway, back to Joe uh, on the programme later on today. He's going to be giving us a chat about suicide bereaved because whenever there's a high profile suicide like that, it can trigger, particularly for others who've lost loved ones through suicide. So uh, we'll look forward to talking with Joe uh, later on in the programme. Liam from Wernabe was on to us. He is on the GOMO network and he says many of his neighbours are also on GOMO and but they've been having problems since yesterday and again this morning. Liam says that when you receive a call, the call goes straight into voicemail without ringing. It's as if the phone is off or engaged. Um, or as he says, it'll ring for a few seconds and then drops uh, out. And he was wondering if we could look into it. Now, GOMO, they use the AIR network. And I'm just being told that AIR had issues yesterday afternoon. So we're assuming they're having issues again this morning. So that obviously is the reason. So they're, they're aware of the issues and working uh, to sort it out. So so to anybody that was the Mornabi area, I don't know what other areas were affected by it. If you're having problems with your GOMO uh, network, that's what the problem is. It's with AIR who are working on it. By the way, looking for your thoughts and comments on AIR codes. Do you use your AIR codes? Uh, have you used them? How often do you use them? Would you believe we first got our air code four years ago? I couldn't believe it. I would have said two years max, but it's four years ago because I remember at the time it was the cost associated with it. It cost 38 million euro for every house in the country uh, to get an air coat. And I remember at the time when they first started talking about air coats, and they were talking about it for many, many years before it actually got introduced, they had estimated that it was going to cost when they decided, OK, we're going to go with the air coat. They picked the type they were going to go with and uh, 18 million was what it was going to cost. But as with everything in this country, it went over budget and it went over budget by 20 million euro, double what they had originally intended for the introduction of air coats. So the air coats are in place. They've been in place for four years, but a survey has been conducted that shows that more than six in ten people never or rarely use their air code. So we're asking you this morning, have you used your air code? Do you use it often? Are you in that bracket that you use it often? Are you in the bracket that you've never or rarely use it? And if I was to ask people here and now without looking up anything, without checking your fridge door or next to your phone, do you know what your air code is off the top of your head? I will straight up put my hand up and say, I do not know it off by heart. I tried to learn it when, when I first got it and realised I'm out of school too long. Couldn't, no matter how I tried to get it into my head, I couldn't. But I'll tell you what I have done and it is a good tip for people who may need their air code every now and again. I've put it into my mobile phone. I've put it in under a phone contact. Uh, so... And once or twice I've had to use it for something and you know rather than go look for the piece of paper where it's written where the postcode is written on I actually have it in my, my, my mobile phone somebody gave that to me as a tip an auctioneer actually gave that to me as a tip a couple of years ago after the air code was first introduced and I put it into my phone and it's a handy tip to have because you always have it just in case you need it so do you use your air code how often, you know what are you using it for or are you in the group of people the 6 in 10 which is over half the population who say they have never or rarely used their air code. 1850 333 103. You can give John Paul a call. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. 
Cork today on C103 gives you the chance to win all week long with Atkins, Carrigohan Road and Husqvarna. Win, win, win. Listen to Patricia Messenger to win Husqvarna hearing protection with built-in FM radio every day. Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Automower information evening on Wednesday, February 26th at the Oriel House Hotel, Balancolic at 7.30pm. Stay listening and get ready to win with Atkins, Carrigohan Road, everything for the farm and garden on C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Court Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. A marine contractor will try to board the cargo ship MV Alta this morning to carry out a full assessment of the vessel. They'll inspect whether there's any damage to the hull, if there's any fuel on board and also if the ship poses any risk to the area. The ghost ship, of course, was washed up at Ballyadreen in East Cork on Sunday last during Storm Dennis. Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, joins me. Good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning, Patricia. Now, at, at this stage, what is known about this ghost ship and how it ends, ended up in Ballycotton? Uh, well, what's known about it is that it was on a voyage from Greece to Haiti um, back in 2018. And when it got to, it was about 1,400 uh, miles away from Bermuda and the crew, the 20-man crew got into difficulty and they couldn't fix um, the engine and they had to be rescued and taken off the ship and there had been a sail um, for days without food and water so they were taken off the ship but the ship was left then um, it was brought I think down into South America somewhere and then it um, it was uh, went off again on, on uh, with nobody in it. It was kind of just sailing around the Atlantic, I think, for about a year and a bit, um, from October 2018 until uh, Sunday. Now, there was, um, a British Marine ship had spotted it in September last year, and um, they boarded the ship and found no one on it, um, and they they tweeted pictures of it that time. But I suppose there's this big question as to why this ship was allowed to just sail around the Atlantic like that for so long um, without being taken in anywhere. And... Um, then on Sunday during Storm Dennis, the ship was washed up on rocks just um, outside Ballycotton in East Cork, and it remains there now today. And Cork County Council's oil assessment, spill oil assessment team um, were are looking at the ship, and you see there was concerns from locals about the possibility of pollution, and um, you know it's not known at this stage how much fuel is on board the ship and there were fears that that might sink out into the sea and as you know that that's very um it's, it's an environmental protection it's a protected area um and they um they, a, a team went down yesterday to the site now they weren't able to board the ship because it was um quite dangerous yesterday and they inspected the sea around it and it doesn't appear that there's any um pollution uh, that's visible uh, to the to the eye but there was a marine contractor due to go down this morning at low tide and board the ship and carry out an inspection. Now, I just was in touch there a few minutes ago with Cork County Council and they are having a conference call with that marine contractor at a quarter past 12 today. So they'll have um, an update on, as to how they got on this morning and what they found when they went down onto the ship this morning. So we should know by lunchtime today the outcome of that assessment and what they found. And it's a it's a big ship, isn't it? It's a big yeah, boat. Yeah, big boat. Yeah, and um, 
you know, I mean, everybody now at this stage has seen the photographs off of it. It's, it's really big and and there's questions as to, you know, as I was saying there about why it was allowed to sail around for so long because if that crashed with anything, you know, it would yeah, cause yeah. major damage. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a strange sight to see it, I suppose. And uh, the council just wanted to alert people as well, you know, because it has drawn such a huge amount of attention and it's... Um, um, you know, something that you don't see every day, this ghost ship um, just on the rocks of the Cork coast. And the council are asking people to be very careful that, to not um, go anywhere near it because um, now I haven't been down to the site myself, but I have to speak to people who've been there. And it's not, uh, there's no direct road down to the site. Um, I think you come off the main road and you walk across a number of fields and there's some marshy dunes before you get to it and then there's a cliff edge that you have to go down so um, the council are asking people to be very careful and to avoid going over and you know um, people may try to board the ship but it's, um, it's not advi- not advisable I imagine no and it's not stable you know it is on these rocks um, so I, and you know I mean saw footage yesterday of waves crashing up against it so um it's not safe to go anywhere near it. Okay. And, and do, do an we know, I mean, obviously the owners don't want the ship back. Do we know at this stage what, long term, what will happen to it? No, um, now there is a receiver of Rex and they are trying to determine who owned it. See, it's been through with several different owners and it's been hijacked several times as well. So um, there's, there's efforts at the minute to try and trace the owners and, and see what happens. And, um, Council are going to be, and the Coast Guard and the receiver of wrecks are in discussions at the minute to see what can be done with this ship, whether or not they can tow it away, or where they're going to put it, or whether they can leave it there, and if it's, you know, uh, no danger to to the area, um, is that a possibility? Um, and I think that they may try and drain any of the fluid off that's there, but I don't know, I think this is all part of um, a discussion that they're having at the minute. Um, it's not something that they have to deal with every day, do you know, so uh, mm. they they have to... I, so I suppose the, the picture was much clearer after they get the information from this person who went down to assess the, the boat, because I suppose they have to assess if there's any damage caused to the one and if it would be safe to move it. Yeah, and it's just and, to make sure know, that no fuel leaks in that would mm. would, would, would pollute what is an area of, of uh, special conservation. And, and and a new one on me, I never knew that there was such a thing as the Commissioner of Wrecks, and seemingly there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I got a call about this on Sunday night to say that there was a ghost ship that was after running aground in uh, East Park, and um, I, I, I couldn't believe it. But <laughs> someone was doing a prank, because it's something that you hear of very often and you know storms bring in weird and wonderful things from the sea but uh, not a ghost ship not a ghost ship yeah I saw Ralph Regal writing in the papers today and you know he's he's liking it to the Flying Dutchman and the, the Marie Celeste it's a, it's a really good piece in the, in the Indo OK um, we, if you get an update on it let us know uh, Fiona in the meantime thank you for that and uh, thank thanks you. for joining us uh, good morning to you that is uh, Fiona Corcoran our senior news uh, reporter uh, about that ghost ship in Ballycotton and the message once again the public are being asked to stay away from the wreck as it is located as Fiona outlined on a dangerous and inaccessible stretch of coastline and it's in unstable conditions and we really don't want anybody doing anything stupid just to get the perfect selfie to stay away from it. 1850 333103 John Paul takes your calls text WhatsApp 0862 
103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 103. Now with Lent starting next week, Easter eggs have begun to appear in all of the major supermarkets and shops nationwide. This year, there's a new Easter egg on sale and it's a Guinness egg that actually contains 5% stout. Is this dark chocolate egg a step too far? Alcohol Action Ireland thinks so. And joining me from the AAI, uh, Ewan McKinney. Good morning to you, Ewan. Good morning, uh, and, and you're welcome. Now, um, Easter eggs in the main are aimed at, at children. Were you surprised to see this Guinness Easter egg? I was, and I think what what we've what we've witnessed in the context of where it is placed in the supermarket as well is a surprise. In so much as that, clearly this this is a branded product for Guinness, and it has been placed in the, at the heart of the display for. Easter eggs for children and in that sense we think that the idea that Lear chocolates in tandem with Guinness would be establishing now a essentially an alcohol branded uh, Easter egg is just a reach too far and we would regard this as a an insidious development in so much as that we think yet again it demonstrates the capacity of the alcohol industry to find a niche and find a gap whereby they can begin the relationship with children and in that respect we think this is deeply regrettable. Now I have to say I haven't seen the Easter egg myself except that I've seen obviously the photographs mm-hmm. uh, on online and in the papers and I mean, you can clearly tell that this is Guinness, the branding is, is all over it and it looks like at the underneath the egg, you know with most Easter eggs you'll get a little packet of whatever it is, exactly. chocolate buttons or yeah. Kit Kats. They look like little pints of Guinness. They are little pints of Guinness. Made yeah. of chocolate. Yeah, exactly. And contain Guinness in each one of them. Um, and in you know in that respect, obviously the the cue, the the cue and reference for children is is the alcohol consumption. It is about trying to build that relationship at an early point in relation to how we understand Guinness. And again, you know, we've seen in the past where Guinness have tried to. In, in, in occupy the space that is Christmas, and now I think we're witnessing this, uh, uh, an arrival of Guinness into Easter. And all the while, we have to remind ourselves that you know, Easter eggs at, ch- at Easter eggs at Easter are for children. That's what it primarily. Now, there's obviously adults buy adults Easter eggs as well, but primarily it is a, a child-centered event. It's a child-centered celebration with a, with with Easter eggs. And I think in that sense, we, we, you'd have to regard this as uh, not a particularly helpful development, and especially in the context when we're trying to move to a situation where we're trying to at least strive to ensure that children can have an alcohol, uh, a childhood free from alcohol. But Diageo say it, it's designed and positioned as an adult offering. You, you dispute that. 
I do because it's not it's not segregated, it's not warned. There's no there's no warning on the packaging. There's no sense it's like it, 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 where it is placed in the context of where we witnessed it. It, it was placed beside mini eggs, you know, Lindor mini eggs, and yeah. beneath uh, uh, beside the Aero um, chocolate. Um, Easter egg, the Galaxy Ripple one, and the Kit Kat one. So, like these are all uh, child-centered special events for 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 Easter eggs. And the other thing about it too is is, is that it's significantly cheaper than some of the other uh, eggs as well, which is kind of surprising. But that's not here nor there. It's, but it's, it's, twel- it's, a, it's twelve euro, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. A, it's it's a large egg. Um, I read on the paper yesterday that the pack states that this product is intended for purchase and enjoyment by people of legal purchase age for alcohol beverages, and it says please remember to drink Guinness responsibly. Are they are they saying that is? But the, are they saying they can only be bought by somebody over the age of 18. It's intended for purchase and that's not Yeah, well, that's in the small print in that that context. But it's against, yeah, it is against the law. I mean, you can't, you cannot, as an under 16-year-old, you cannot purchase uh, chocolate liqueurs. Um, Now, it dates back to a piece of legislation that's well in excess of 50 years old. Um, But, you know, that that issue of, of trying to attract children to alcohol was dealt with back in back in the day, and that that legislation is still relevant today. And um, so, you know, if if for example, if one was to uh, have a test case where a child actually did purchase this, you you know, there could be a prosecution arising from it. Yeah, and I mean, I can't see adults going out and buying a Guinness Easter egg for a child, but I suppose the whole idea is this could end up in so in a house. Well, this is the point. Where I mean, a Guinness it, drinker will get it, it, and there's kids in the house. If it wasn't there, if it wasn't yeah. there, I mean, the whole point of what Guinness is trying to do here is about it's about trying to normalise the relationship of alcohol. I think in in the context of Easter and an Easter egg, and these are these are insidious. It, it creeps into culture, creeps into lifestyle, creeps into what we understand as an occasion and again Guinness didn't do didn't license this product to Lear chocolates for the fun of it they did it for a commercial advantage and they did it for a commercial reason and that reason is to benefit their brand it's about putting their brand at the heart of yet another social occasion and largely one enjoyed by children Okay, some of our listeners, it's completely wrong. Anything to make money out of, uh, anything to make money, the children can still get their hands on it, even if you've got to be over 18 to buy it. Uh, this this Easter egg is crazy, says a listener. And Mary says, Patricia, just to comment on the Guinness Easter egg, correct me if I'm wrong, but have I seen Bailey's Easter eggs on sale last year? Don't like the idea, by the way, of promoting alcohol to children, says yeah. Mary. Did Bailey's have an Easter egg last there year? There are other, yes, yeah, there are other. There's, there's quite a significant number of them. But in that, in that context, you'll see some of those, those particular um, alcohol-led uh, products are placed elsewhere in the store, and largely they're placed actually with alcohol. Whereas in this instance, this is on the general supermarket. They're all together. It, exactly. And, and all it's together. a bit like the argument that when we've had this sort of debate in the past, it's about alcohol displayed in our supermarkets as well as a normal product. Alcohol is not a normal product. Alcohol is a drug. Alcohol is a psychoactive substance. You know, we shouldn't be seeking to always normalize alcohol. And what this does is it absolutely normalizes, not just in the context, as I say, for Easter, but it normalizes it for children. And that's where we that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to move to a point, perhaps over a period of time, half a generation or a generation, where children at least can expect to have a childhood free from alcohol influence. 
Okay, we'll speak again, Ewan, in the meantime. Thank you for that. Thanks. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Ewan McKinney, who's with Alcohol Action Ireland. On the ghost ship we were talking about in Ballycotton, it's an interesting point from a listener who says, surely the insurance company that paid out on that ship when it went missing at sea, could now tell the owners, we want our money back. Your ship is over there on the coast of Ireland. Go over and get it. I don't know if an insurance company paid out or not, but if it did, it's a good point. Thank you for that to 0862 103 103. Going to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. In the next hour, we hear about this uh, company that's been set up that offers an alternative to expensive nursing home care for older people. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A lot of commentary coming in on postcodes, air codes as we call them uh, in this country. And do you use your air code? It was four years ago that the air code system was put in place. And there's a, a survey out showing that more than six in ten Irish people never or rarely use their air code. So we're looking for your thoughts. Do you use your air code and what do you actually use it for? And I have to say, we're getting a big, big reaction uh, to this. And it is mainly, I have to say, from if six in ten people say they never or rarely use it, the four in ten who use it very often seem to be the ones contacting us this morning because lots of people have very positive things uh, to say about the air code. And even though it did come in 20 million euro over budget, cost 38 million people who think great value for money that people think it's the best thing since sliced bread so your thoughts on the air code uh, please but I want to return to what we kicked off the programme with this morning when I was mentioning I was going through the papers and saying we still don't have a government and nobody knows who's going to form uh, the next uh, government with uh, Fine Gael have left open the possibility of a grand coalition according to some of the political commentators in the paper today they're saying there could still be a grand coalition between Fine Gael and uh, Fianna Fáil, but it does look like a lot of TDs within Fianna Gael not happy with that and uh, if anything they want to go back into the opposition ben- benches for the next five years. John Magner has contacted the programme. He is with the Cork East Fianna Gael uh, constituency. He's actually their chairperson. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. Now you obviously have a very strong view on this. Do you believe a stint in opposition is what it's called for for your party? Well, that's the way the people decided at the election last uh, Saturday week. If we came third in the election, so I think uh, uh, even in 2016, it took 72 days to uh, form a, a government, uh, and we've been slowly um, uh, being uh, told that uh, our policies weren't popular, and uh, people decided at the election that uh, uh, they wanted an alternative, and now there is an alternative out there, and uh, we will be smirched. Uh, Sinn Féin during the election and before the election and now we're being told we're irresponsible because um, uh, we won't talk to them yet we came toward the election so I mean uh, there, was, there is an alternative they can form a government they can uh, 
they had the most popular uh, number, um, number well, Fianna Fáil had the, uh, well Fianna Fáil won the most seats the popular vote in the most number ones went to Sinn Féin but the argument could be put forward that Sinn Féin won just under 25% of the vote 75% of people did not vote for Sinn Féin Yes, that, that may be true, but we're living in a democracy and uh, uh, normally it's the winners who decide um, uh, what happens going forward. And I mean, we're not the winners. We came third. Our policies were rejected by the electorate. So now what, why is the onus being put on us to form a government? And do you feel within the Fine Gael party there is that feeling that this, a time in opposition is now what is needed? Well, I mean... People think so as well because they rejected uh, the, the ballot box. Yeah, and how how do you think Leo Varadkar? He's well, he's he's been very quiet about everything, hasn't he, so far? I know there was a meeting yesterday. There was a parliamentary party meeting uh, yesterday. Have you any idea on what his views on it are? Well, I mean, it's a case of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I, I mean, look, we're a democratic party. I mean, uh, the rules of Fine Gael are that uh, if if the parliamentary party decide to open talks, uh, uh, there's going to be no coalition uh, um, can be sanctioned until it comes back to the to the the members, uh, the ordinary members of the party and the parliamentary uh, representatives. So even if. Leo Varadkar and whoever would be negotiating on behalf of Fine Gael decided that they would go into a, a so-called grand coalition. You're saying they would still have to go back to the grassroots members? That's correct. Okay, all right. And what's your own feeling talking to people locally in Cork East? Well, I think, uh, look, I, I, I will call a meeting uh, for the ordinary uh, members of the organisation in, in Cork East if it comes to that and uh, let them decide. I mean, I believe in democracy that the ordinary members who are good enough to support Fine Gael down through the years, uh, let them give a mandate to um, our, our, our um, members who will be voting in, in that situation and uh, that's the democratic decision we will take and I be guided by whatever decision is taken at a meeting. And in hindsight, John, do you think it was wrong of the Fine Gael party to come out so strongly in the run-up to the election during the campaign and saying we won't do business with Sinn Féin? Did that work against you, do you think, on the ground? Uh, well, we're not compatible. Simple as that. I mean, uh, um, uh, their economic policies are miles apart from uh, the Fine Gael e- e- economic policies. And, and remember, if if in hindsight is a great teacher, if Sinn, if, if Sinn Féin happened to inherit power in 2011 in the state the country was in, would they have done any better? Remember, it takes money to implement policies. It was the last budget where Pascal Dunahoo said that there was going to be, for the first time in a long number of years, there was going to be a surplus in, uh, uh, in, 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 in budgetary terms. And, I mean... Without that, you could do nothing without money. We are in a, a, a logjam in so far as, remember when the Troika were in here, they put certain conditions on us. The Troika have left, thankfully. But, I mean, we are part of Europe and we can just spill, spin money just to be populist. I mean, we have to be seen to be uh, responsible. And being responsible means that you can go mad. Remember, the Fiscal Council berated us because they said we were spending too much money. And then we have other sections of society saying that we weren't spending spending enough we were spending it in the wrong project. And let's not forget we still have Brexit coming down the tracks. Uh, you know yeah, folks well, I mean, that hasn't gone away. 1% of 
also into the uh, of the electorate uh, or only thought Brexit was going to be an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. But if you say you couldn't do business with Sinn Féin uh, and your policies are just poles apart, could you not do business with Fianna Fáil? Your policies wouldn't be poles apart. Well, I mean, it's not for me to decide, but I, I, I mean, uh, people are saying it's time to end uh, the civil war after 100 years. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, Fianna Gael as an organisation have its own identity and Fianna Fáil have its own identity. And remember, Fianna Fáil called themselves the Republican Party. So, I mean, obviously, apart from the economic uh, um, uh, separation, uh, uh, is there, is there uh, the huge difference that Michal Martin would lead us to believe uh, um, between Sinn Féin and, and, and Fianna Fáil? I mean, why are they calling themselves the Republican Party? Uh, they believe in the United Ireland the same as Sinn Féin do. How do you think it's all going to work out, John? Will, will we be going back to the polls? Well, I would hope not, because the surveys that have been done, uh, over 70% of the electorate said that they didn't want another election. Yeah. I mean, there is, there, is a, there is an alternative there. Uh, I would be very slow as a member of Fine Gael uh, to uh, uh, go into government after, I mean, it would be going against all the... the, the the democratic decisions that the people made, we came toward. And I mean, why should then we form a government? Our policies were rejected by the electorate. And there is an alternative there. And if the alternative want to um, sit down and talk rationally, well, I mean, they can form a government. Okay. All right, John. Listen, thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good morning to you. Um, Also coming in on this, uh, Christy says, Hi, Patricia. A lot of political game playing going on at the moment, which will eventually settle down. The reality at the end of the day is that vulturous big business and financial institutions will insist on Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael forming a government to protect their cosy financial arrangements. They don't want to upset what is benefiting them, says Christy in uh, Temple Glanton yeah but you listen to uh, John Magner and, and he reckons the Fine Gael party will not the grassroots members on the ground are the ones that are going to have to vote it in they won't agree uh, to it and someone else says uh, Patricia welcome back uh, all better I hope thank you for that uh, what are Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael like? Do they really think that we, the electorate, are uh, fools? What they are doing is a total cop-out. They don't just want to walk back into their own mess. If they can get Sinn Féin to take over, what fun they would have. My advice to Sinn Féin is stand your ground and stand back. Get more candidates and ask the people again and people will back them again. So that's somebody who is in favour of another election, even though a lot of other opinion polls are saying no uh, going for another election is not what the people want and will not benefit at this country 1850 Jim says this is on the ghost ship was there a ship that went to ground in Ballycotton many many years ago Jim reckons it could have been back as far as sometime in the 40s that would have been during the Second World War could it have been then, Jim? Uh, a lot of ships were called after trees. He said, to the best of my knowledge, I have it in my head, it was the Irish elm that ran aground in the 1940s. Maybe some of your listeners may remember it. Well, the reason for ships being named after trees, that was the Irish Shipping Company. All of their uh, all of their boats were named after uh, trees. There was the Irish elm. Sure, there was an Irish cedar. There was the Irish sycamore. So there, there was loads. I don't know. Does anybody remember the Irish elm or another tree, could have been named after another tree that ran aground the 
Jim's thinking it was sometime in the 40s in Ballycotton. Um, People mightn't remember it themselves, but they may remember their parents or grandparents uh, talking about it. On the Guinness Easter egg, Catherine in Formoy says, to be honest, I don't eat chocolate. But I'm just wondering, how many of those Guinness Easter eggs would you have to eat before you'd be over the limit? There's 5% stout in it and I'm, if you see it I've only seen a picture I'll be looking out for another next time I'm in the supermarket it's it's a big egg and it has Guinness written on the actual dark chocolate egg now I'm I don't think the 5% stout is in the actual egg itself my thing is at the bottom underneath the Easter egg are kind of what look like three little pints of Guinness it looks like and it's made of chocolate obviously and I'm assuming the stout is in those is it like some almost like an liqueur I, w- I would think so. That's my thinking on it. If anybody has bought one and already opened their Easter egg and ate it, uh, let me know. But how many of them would you eat, need to eat? It would be a little bit like liqueurs. You'd have to eat a lot of them, I imagine, before you would be over the limit for sure. And just staying on politics for a sec, Jim and Clonakilty says, listening to Richard Boy Barrett of the People Before Profit Party. What does that party actually stand for? Is he talking about companies making profits and not making profits. He said, if you have a company that doesn't make a profit, then you won't have people working for them. People need money these days simply to live. But if the companies don't make a profit, the company will go to business. There will be no companies, no companies to employ people and you will end up with a lot more people out of uh, work. 1850 And now, can I quickly go to the air codes? Because I mentioned this earlier on because we came across a survey that shows six in 10 Irish people never or rarely use an air coat. And that's four years after they were introduced in this country to cost of 38 million. And it is the latest civil service customer satisfaction survey and it asked a national representative sample of people for the first time about individual usage of the postal code. Some 2,000 people were surveyed in March of last year. Now specifically it asked, when providing your address, for example, for postage or deliveries, how often if at all, have you used your air code in the past year? Uh, the survey found that 30% of the population never use their home or businesses what is a unique seven character code. Another 32% said they've only used it occasionally. Just over a fifth, 22% of the population use air code frequently, while 14% said they always use uh, it. And it's according to findings that were commissioned by the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform. So a kind of mixed reaction with 22% saying they're using it frequent, frequently, while over 60% saying never or rarely. Which is in stark contrast to another poll that came out last year, last November, that showed 94% of people were using air code. And I remember when we mentioned that one with the 94% of people, and I remember talking about it on air, and we had a host of people saying that they never used it. So I was questioning, was there actually 94%? But I have to say, a huge amount of people have contacted us today. We've also put it up on social media. Brian says, yes, do use my air code regularly, and everyone should have it on display in a prominent area around your house or have it on your phone. I know of a very serious incident where an ambulance went to the wrong location, and they ended up losing vital minutes. 
the air coach would have brought that ambulance right to the location and straight to the front door. Pauline said, air coach, great for parcels. And because we are close in an estate, the only way SatNav can find your house, which includes the ambulance service, is by giving people our air coach. Sandra says, my children are actually learning about using air codes in case of an emergency. All right. So really handy. And sometimes you need one on a website. You know, if you're if you're actually ordering something, they will insist that you put in your air coat. Jackie said, I always use it. Actually, I find that when I offer it, though, to some delivery providers of businesses, they don't wish to use it. Patrick says, as an American tourist, I use them because I can put the code into Google Maps and it'll take me straight to my next location. Michael in Skibbereen says, I'm living on my own and a nurse had to visit me recently. I gave her my air coat and I brought her straight to my door. It's fantastic. As we live in rural areas and you can have three or four houses together and at least by giving somebody your air coat, people will know exactly which house you are living in. Morning, Patricia. Glad to have you back. Thank you for that. I often use my air coat. I notice a lot of the delivery companies now ask for it. I know I actually know mine, says Ed in Dunmanway, without even having to look at it. Well done. You've obviously used it enough, Ed, that you can shout it out as soon as somebody said, what is your air coat? Well done. Mary says, I always use my air coat for deliveries to my house. It's great. Um, and keeping it in your phone as a contact number is a great idea. Uh, Patricia, I always use my air code for deliveries. I needed an ambulance a few months ago. I was able to reel off my air code without a bother. The ambulance was here within 10 minutes. It has guided first-time visitors to my home. No problem at all. I think it's absolutely super. Well done. Hi, Patricia. I think the air code is very important. I got stickers made with my name, address and air code on it. I got them from the lovely Uprint on O'Brien Street in Mallow. Very nice, helpful staff. Recently, my daughter drove from Dublin to a wonderful night in Castle Mahan. That's in County Limerick. The air code got her straight to the venue, says uh, Mar- Margaret. And because I have those little stickers that I got at Uprint in O'Brien Street in Mallow, I just pop them on the stickers, pop them on, on an envelope. So the return address uh, is on it as well. James in Buttevant. I do a lot of tractor and trailer work and I find the air code extremely handy for finding places. Farmers will often give me the air code of their own house to find their yard or for finding the field. They'll give you the air code of a house that's built near it. You can't go wrong. If you go astray with a tractor and a long trailer, it is not so easy to find a place to turn around, especially when you're fully loaded. Air codes can be inputted directly into Google Maps and it'll bring you straight there. I have heard that if you have an iPhone and are using the Apple Maps that this application doesn't recognise air codes as of yet so you have to use Google Maps only says James in Buttevant and I know certainly when we have guests coming here to the radio station I would often hear John Paul in the office talking to people who are coming live for an interview and I would hear John Paul saying our air code is just put it into Google Maps and it brings them right outside the door. Whereas there was a time where we would have been waiting on guests. John Paul would have been pulling his hair out, talking to somebody saying, you've missed the turn off. You've got to go back about two miles. There's the turn off. And guiding people in was with the air code. Yeah, it certainly does work. It's terrific. And I've used it. I've put it into Google Maps as well. Uh, it is terrific. Liam says, hi, Patricia, we use our air code all the time with uh, items we buy online or over the phone from all over Ireland and the United Kingdom. We've never had a courier that couldn't find 
find our house. We give everyone our air quote. Even when we're selling livestock on done deal, people will find our house all of the time. We don't give directions to our farm anymore, Patricia. We just give them the air quote. It was the best thing that was ever invented. And so says Liam in uh, West Cork. Thank you for that. So a lot of, you can see from those comments, a lot of people very, very positive and very happy with air code and continue to use it uh, and use it, uh, use it a lot of times uh, and certainly are in the cohort of the 22%, just one fifth of the population who say that they frequently use it. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. A beautician and a nail technician is wanted. That's for a beauty salon in the Canturk area. While a registered nurse is required for night duty at St. Gubnitz Nursing Home. That's in Ballyagram. A full-time food service assistant is wanted for a kitchen in Ballinine. And a cook slash kitchen assistant wanted for a restaurant opening shortly in the Mill Street area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. What are farmers' spring crop options? Some people would have liked to try to get beans in early in particular, or maybe the like of spring wheat. Now, because the area wasn't sown in the autumn, and you know, the seed trade couldn't have predicted this, so seed will be scarce. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Range, the complete feed for your calves this spring. Only on C103. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, with nursing home care so expensive and, of course, not always available when needed, I was really interested to hear about a Cork-based business which specialising in live-in care for the elderly. Tom Quinlan is the founder and manager of All Home Care and he joins me to outline how his business works. Good morning to you, Tom. Hello, good morning. Uh, How are you today? I'm very well and and you're welcome to the programme. Now, you came up with the idea for your company because of your own family needs. Take me back and tell me about your mother and the situation your own family found themselves in. Yes. Well, my mom, Anne, um, she had COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And it's a kind of an extreme form of asthma. And she had that for a good number of years. And Back in 2013, um, her condition had deteriorated so much that she ended up in intensive care in Mallow General Hospital. And um, she was in there for a good number of weeks, but thankfully she improved enough to be discharged. And the discharge coordinator gave us a choice between a nursing home or a visiting care service because they felt that my mom's care needs were you know, far and above what we as a family ourselves could do. And who was so, living at home with mom at the time? Myself and my dad. Okay. And my parents had only recently celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary at the time as well. So it was all the more important for us to try and keep them together. So that's why we didn't want to consider the nursing home option. And so that's why we phoned up, you know, a few of the different visiting care agencies that the discharge coordinator had recommended to us. And it just seemed very expensive. You know, like if you need anything more than just a few hours per week, it's really expensive. So I started to, to think that, you know, I must find another solution. And um, I found a lovely lady from Poland. She came over from Poland and she lived with us 
from November 2013 until April 2014 when my mom passed away at home. And during that time, that, that lady, she did housekeeping, she prepared meals, she kept company and provided personal care for my mom. So when I was out working during the day, um, Lena would be at home taking care of my mom. And then in the evenings, then I'd be home. I could take over at the weekends. My sister was able to come over and do her bit as well. So between us all, we were able to provide our mom with really good care at home. And as I say, she was able to stay at home right up until the very end, which is, you know, great for all of us. And it was during that time then that I started to think there's got to be plenty of other families out there in similar circumstances who don't want their relative to go to a nursing home and can't afford an expensive, you know, visiting care service for any kind of extended period of time. So I started my business and I called it Affordable Live-In Home Care or AL Home Care for short. And we've been in operation now for more than six years. And we placed hundreds of carers during that time. We've over 100 carers in the country at the moment, spread all across the country. And we've offices on the lap ski. And it's going very well. Yeah, and the uh, the idea is that the, the, the person, the carer, lives in, becomes part of the family almost, does it? Yes, yes, absolutely. So we very carefully match the carer with the client to make sure there's a very good fit. And then the carer comes over. There's a three-week trial period at the beginning of the placement then to make sure that everybody's happy. And then we will stay in contact with the family and the carer right throughout the placement. So if the carer has any questions or issues, she knows she can come to us and same with the family. So that's why we find that, you know, the clients and the carers really like the fact that AL Home Care stays in contact with them throughout the placement. Yeah, and and imagine this flexibility. I mean, I'm thinking in your own case with uh, Lena, the lady you spoke about Mm. who came in to help out with your mum. There could be flexibility around it if you needed to go somewhere on a Saturday. Can you keep an eye on mum while I'm going out sort of thing? Is there flexibility around it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you see, it's one carer per client. So the carer doesn't have any other job. She's there for your relative and your relative alone. So she's able to adjust and adapt according to your relative needs. And as long as you give her a reasonable amount of notice, you know, she's able to do an extra day or she can shift her shift around a little bit to make things work. But, you know, the fact that she is there and she's working just for you, you don't have to worry that she has to check with somebody else if she can do this for you because she's there for you and your relative alone. Do Are all of your carers from overseas? Virtually all of them are. Like, we do have some carers you know, some Irish carers and some carers who've been living in Ireland for a number of years. But given the nature of the job being live-in, it tends to sue people who are coming from abroad to take up these types of positions. Because if you can imagine somebody who's already in Ireland, they'll have accommodation, they'll have their, maybe their family, they'll have everything already set up. And it's hard then to ask someone like that to do a live-in job. But if you've got somebody who doesn't have any family ties, who's able to come to Ireland, who's able to make the commitment and the prospect of having free accommodation, free food and a reasonable salary all in one package is very attractive. So the care knows that everything is there for her when she comes over and, you know, she doesn't have to worry about, well, where am I going to live and how am I going to get, you know, get used to travelling to and from my job every day. Being live-in simplifies the thing. And I'm assuming they're all Garda Vesage, you check yes. references. Yes, yes, Absolutely. So we police check them in their home country, we guard vet them and we reference check them and all the placements come with a three-week trial period. And do they have training? Do you look for a particular type of training? Yes, good question. So the most important things we look for in a carer is 
um, that they have to have care experience, they have to have a good to very good level of English, and yes, if they have professional training already, that's an added advantage for that care. But not all of our carers will have professional care training done before they come to Ireland, and that's why we have our own in-house training programme. So we provide ongoing training for our carers while they're working for the family. It's our own in-house training programme, and they do a different module, uh, sorry, a different topic every month throughout their placement. Oh, and it's, it's, it's terrific. And, and I'm assuming they'll, I, I, I keep thinking of this lovely idea of them almost becoming part of the family. They'll sit and eat with the family where that's appropriate. Everyone sits down as dinner together. Yes, yes, they absolutely do. And in most cases, it's an elderly person who's living by themselves yeah, that yeah. the care comes over to live with. And they're there then, you know, they're having breakfast with them, they're having lunch with them, they're having the evening meal with them. They're there when the elderly person is going to bed and they're there when the elderly person wakes in the morning. So that's massive reassurance for an elderly person and it makes them feel that, you know, if there is any, um, you know, something should arise at night, that there is somebody there in the house with them. And that's massive reassurance, not only for the elderly person themselves, but also for the family. Yeah, yeah. And look, let's be honest. I mean, there, there will always be a place for nursing homes. But yes. we know when you talk to people and you ask people, you know, what's your preference? People want to stay at home. I mean, in your own case, it was important for your mum and dad to remain together. I mean, after, you know, after 40 years of marriage, they wanted to just be together. That's it, that's it. And you can imagine if you have an elderly couple like that, and one of them goes into a nursing home, then the person who's at home then is that bit more vulnerable because they're by themselves. You don't have the company. You don't have the support that they would have had when their spouse was with them. And it kind of weakens both sides then. Whereas if you can put somebody else, put a carer in, keep the two elderly people together, then they've got the support and they're both happier and stronger together than parting them, you know, and having one in the nursing home and one at home. Okay, I think it's it. I think it's a fantastic alternative. I, I, I really do. Okay, you, I mean, I said in the introduction that it's it's not as expensive as nursing home. I mean, ballpark no. figure, how much does it cost? Well, ballpark figure, you're looking at between 500 and 600 euro per week. 500 to 600 euro per that's week. a huge difference to yes. the cost of nursing home. It is, it is. But you, you have to remember as well, though, with our service, the care will do five to six days work per week. So you will need family input. So okay. The family will have to do a certain amount and there'll be certain, obviously, hours during the day as well. The care needs to be free, that the family needs to pitch in. But if you can imagine the care doing five to six days per week, seven or eight hours per day, the family pitching in and HSC Home Health coming in for a couple of hours per day. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a fairly comprehensive care package there in place in the person's own home, one-to-one, and, you know, everybody's able to stay put. You know, you're not taking the person out of their, their normal environment and putting them into a nursing home. And it's, it's obviously working. You're, you're up and running yes. now for the last yes. six years, is it? We've placed hundreds of carers. We've over 100 carers in the country at the moment. And in the vast majority of cases, the placements work out very well. So, yes, it's, it's tried and tested now at this stage. And, you know, we have plenty, plenty of, of testimonials from happy customers. So, you know, we're just really glad to be able to help people and to continue helping people. And then if, you know, God forbid, when the person that's been looked after passes away, does the carer then move on to another family? Have you have yes. you done that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. So, you know, placements do come to an end. And there's always new families looking for carers. So the transfer from one placement to another is quite simple and straightforward. 
and even sometimes carers might prefer to go home for a month or two to rest up back at home and come yeah. back at it again. So we're well able to facilitate that as well. Brilliant. So really what you need is a spare room in your house to accommodate the, 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 the carer. They don't need separate kitchens or anything no. like that. They, they, no. they, okay, so uh, my apologies, I called you all home care and I realise no, it's, it's AL home care. AL home, home care. care. Yeah. Okay, how can AL people contact care. you, uh, yes, Tom? Absolutely. Well, I suppose the simplest way would be to, to phone our number, which is 87 991-6791. That's 087-991-6791. Or they can look us up on Google at www.alhomecare.ie okay. alhomecare.ie Okay, we wish you continued good luck with your business uh, Tom and thanks for joining us on the programme this morning Thank you very much Good Patricia. morning to you Bye 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 That's I think a great alternative because so many people want to remain at home and families they don't always have the time or there's work commitments or other family commitments and they don't always have the time to look after an elderly parent or grandparent whatever it is so I, I, I do think that that is a, a, it's, a it's another it's an alternative way of looking after and keeping elderly people at home. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Let me quickly remind you. Now, we're not doing this until the next hour. We do have a competition that we're running all this week with Atkins. Uh, Carrickrahan Road and Husqvarna they've kindly given us Husqvarna hearing protection headphones they come with built in FM radio and we're giving them away every day this week we're playing a line of a song with the last couple of words mode off because Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Automore information evening tomorrow week Wednesday the 26th of February at the Ariel House uh, Hotel so we have mode off the final couple of words on this song. So just take a listen to this and see if you can work out what are the words that are missing. Just make a note of it. We'll tell you when to call later. Fine bread from a man in Brussels. He was six foot four. He was six foot four and... Boom, boom, boom. Okay, make a note of that. That's your song for today with the words mode off. Your chance to win a Husqvarna hearing protection with built-in FM radio and we'll give it away in the next hour. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie is one of the world's most popular performers. Selling over 150 million records. With 33 top 40 hits. And 23 Grammy nominations. Now, see him live in New York VIP style. With C103. to Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Madison Square Garden on May 2nd. Stay listening to C103. Then text or WhatsApp every time Billy Joel plays. For your chance to get in the grand final. 
Billy Joel in the Big Apple starts Monday 24th with AmigoLoans.ie on Cork's greatest hits, C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now, Mark Winifirma, which was founded in the 40s in this country, is described as a voluntary rural youth organisation that provides a social outlet for members and it covers a wide variety of activities. So to chat about the benefits of MOCRA membership and hoping to encourage new people to get involved, I'm joined by Ashley O'Connor and Ashley is the Vice Chairperson of Mallow uh, MOCRA. Good morning to you, Ashley, and uh, you're very welcome to studio. Now, your own, how long are you a member and why did you decide to get involved? Good morning, Patricia. Thanks for having me. So I've only been a member since 2018, so um, I'm relatively or 2019, sorry, I'm relatively new to the the group, but I decided to get involved when I came home from university um, back at that time um, last year. I suppose I didn't know people in my area and I wanted to... A lot of your friends had moved on. Exactly. Lots of uh, secondary school friends had moved on um, with college and then I didn't know people in the area, so I looked for groups and organisations. I suppose I wouldn't be a sporty person. I wouldn't be really into certain areas of interest so I just wanted a social outlet and I suppose Makra and Affirma gave me that and Malo Makra is known for um, their you know social aspect and um, all their coming together of people so yeah, that's why I joined for, them. For friendship and, friendship, and exactly. people to go out with and people to yes. hang out with and, and chill out with but when you mention Makra and Affirma people straight away think of ah oh, farmers they're all, they're all farmers now yes. You don't look like a farmer. <laughs> what does a farmer look like to somebody? Yes. Do you come from a farming background? No, I definitely don't come from a farming background. I do come from the country, okay. but um, it's not about farming, solely about farming. Yes, there is a farming aspect to Makra Nafirma. We have farm skills and sock judging competitions and things like that. But it's so much more than that. There's um, lots of different hobbies you can get involved in. Um, there's public speaking. There's sports like tag rugby, soccer, basketball. There's quizzes that you can get involved in. Um, there is variety show- shows where you can show your talents off, like music talents, um, singing, uh, lots of drama. There's so much more to Makra than farming, but yeah. there is still that farming aspect. Yeah, because well, well, I mentioned it um, earlier when you were coming on when I was doing some research on it yesterday and I was surprised at that it's only a third of the overall membership that's actively involved in, in yes. farming. Yeah. So now I think probably when it was first set up back in the 40s, it probably was much more farming was. oriented. Yes. But, but, but that certainly um, has changed. So in the year or so that you've been involved, have you made, have you made good friends? Definitely, I've yeah. made great friends um, in the Malo Makra and even outside Malo Makra, you get to know people in different Makras. So I have friends from Bantir Makra, from Fremont, from other uh, Makras in the region and it's such a supportive um, group. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the small group of Malo Makra, there's so much more outside of that and the national um committee in Makra are very supportive of bringing us all together at different competitions and different events so I have made loads of friends That's brilliant. which That's is brilliant. great and, and like while you're talking here and obviously you're representing Mallow and Makra there are so many and you've, you've mentioned just a few there locally but all over Cork City and County isn't it? Yes there's, there's, there's so many there's lots in the Avondu region we have Fremont we have um, Bantir Mallow um, 
like we've Formoy, we've lots of active makras in a small region in Avondhu. Then there's more regions in Cork itself, like Muskerry and Shandoon. There's so much going on. So no matter on. where you live, there'll be a makra oh, branch definitely near you. Within 15 minutes of a drive, the, I would the think. The age group it's pitched at? The age group is around 17 to 35. Okay. So it's really young people, I suppose. Um, we have members that are older um, than 35 and that's okay too. You don't kick them out? We don't kick them out. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, okay. It's just, I suppose, for competitions, yeah. um, the age limit is 35. Okay. And I suppose it is aimed at young people because it's an organisation um, trying to get young people meeting face to face yeah, and it's great for mental health I think as well. Well there's been so much and we're going to be talking about it uh, in the next hour with the whole Caroline Flack thing and, and yes, it's, it's really yeah. I think brought a focus on Definitely. on mental health and mental health and isolation and then there's rural exactly. isolation and people need to get out and meet and make friends exactly. and talk. So and that's what Mark was fantastic exactly. for. Exactly and I think in this day and age of social media young people can get very um, stuck into their phones and the internet and they can forget that there are people that they can meet out there and I suppose Mocker and Affirma gives you that outlet. You can go and go for coffee, you can go for dinner, go go for drinks with actual people I suppose it's not that virtual world Yeah, they're a real Um, person they're They're real people we're real people exactly they're real people Romances definitely (laughs) yeah her face now has lit up folks (laughs) are you going to spill the beans Um, no not for me now can we say yes yes Definitely, yes. There's many members, even in our own group, that have um, found romance through Makra. It's a great uh, platform. I I think everyone thinks of Makra and Affirma as well as a kind of uh, romance-based group as well. A dating agency, which it's not. But it's it's not. But there is that aspect to it as well. I mean, you meet people, you meet friends, you meet... other people who you might spend your life with, um, yeah. like we have. Well, I guarantee you, if I opened the phone lines and and asked people, did you meet your life partner through Makra, we'd have a huge reaction. Like Definitely. lots of people, because yeah. it's been going since the forties. Lots of people Definitely, will say we yeah. met, fell in love, we married, and it was all because and there was it, another Makra exactly. marriage. And it still happens nowadays. As it well. does, doesn't it? You know, yeah. it really does. Um, we have members that are engaged actually, are they? And Great. they met, and they might be from different Makras, but they met, um, through different events and. They're engaged now and, um, you know, it's a lovely group to be a part of because you can get so much from it. Well really. done. Well done. And you're you're holding an information meeting because it's always yes. hard to go to that first meeting and, and reach out. It's exactly. on in the arches, isn't it? Yes, it's on in the arches this Friday, the 21st of February at 9pm. And it's really a very informal kind of social gathering. It's just so you can learn a bit more about Makra. We're going to tell you what we do. Um, we're going to talk to you. You can come up to any of us and chat to us and ask us questions. Um, it's very informal um, there'll be food on the night and there'll be just a lovely atmosphere of Great. friendship. Um, there's no pressure or anything like that. Just come, maybe bring a friend. Because yeah. it's going to be hard to go to things on your own. Definitely. But feel free if you've got no one to bring with you to turn exactly. up on your own. Turn up on your own. Like yeah. we'll take anyone and you know we we will be there to talk to everyone yeah. and we'll include everyone exactly. 
exactly like that. Okay, yeah. and that's happening when it's the end of the month, isn't it's, it? It's happening actually this Friday. Oh, this Friday, sorry. February, yeah, this, this Friday. At 9pm. How often, by the way, do you meet as, as a so group? we often, we definitely meet at least once a month, but okay. we meet more than that generally. We often meet once a week, actually. There's always something on in Makra, actually. You'll never have a weekend free if you join. Yeah. You know, you'll never be bored. Yeah. That's for sure. There's always something on every weekend. Um, it might be a quiz or it might be a competition. There'll be something on that you can go to. You don't actually have to take part in the competitions. You can just sit as a spectator and enjoy it. Like and meet I, up with the other exactly, members. Exactly. And meet yeah. up with the other members. We also do fundraising as well for local charities. Okay. Um, I just said I'd mention that. Um, like we've fundraised for Fight for Fionn. Mallow Men's Shed, Mallow Day Care Centre, Cope Foundation, Ronald McDonald House, well lots of different well local charities. And we hope to fundraise for more charities because I think it's important as a local uh, MACRA that we can get involved in Mallow and the local communities around Mallow and support them as and well. And give something back. Yeah. That's terrific. That's terrific. Well, you're a great advocate for MACRA, <laughs> I'd say you. that, um, Ashley. So the Arches uh, in Mallow exactly. uh, the place to be if people want to uh, find out more. And you can go online as well. Yes. Uh, for um, just, I'm conscious of people outside the Mallow area who might be interested yes. in joining up. So we have an Instagram page um, at Mallow MACRA if you want to join and follow that um, there's also our Facebook page Mallow Makra as well you can um, join that too and like it it'd be great we'd love to get more likes and um, you can contact us by private messaging us or anything like that that you know we'll definitely be delighted to talk to you there's also um, www.makra.nefirma.ie as well that you can go on if you want to join Another um, other different other branches but you near you. You can join Ma- yeah. You can join Mallow yeah, as well. Exactly. But if people, I'm <laughs> conscious of the people in West Cork or East exactly. Cork or outside of areas, if yeah. you go on, it's macronaferma.ie. Yeah, exactly. It'll show you. I was surprised at the number of clubs. Yeah, there's a, there's a big number, number. Um, and there's a big number of members as well. Like there's other benefits, of course, of course to Macra than the social side of things, I suppose. There is incentives like FBD insurance do get involved with us as well and they give you 15% off that your insurance if you're a young um, driver as well. So that's, well, that's there's good. lots of different benefits as well and incentives. But I really think the main thing really is the social side of it yeah. and, you know, helping with mental health and positive mental health um, well, well yeah there's so many people talking about rural isolation and so and we would often hear from people saying how do you go out and meet someone it's so it's so hard if you're new to an area or exactly. as in you, your case when you come back yes. and that friendship group that had been there suddenly disappeared because everyone's off doing their own thing mm-hmm. and you're at a loose end so exactly. I mean it sounds like a wonderful organisation just to go in and make friends with Definitely. people and who knows what will come out of it listen can I continue good luck to everybody at Mallow Mockman Farm so and Ashley thank you for joining Joining us in studio, that is uh, Ashley O'Connor, who is the vice chairperson of Mallow Macra. 1850-333-103. We've got to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. We will be talking about suicide bereavement in the next uh, hour. And that's with Joe Heffernan. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Low cost fuel. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
just somebody was looking for the phone number for the home care service that I spoke with Tom Quinlan about uh, it is AL Home Care and the number Tom gave us was it's an 087 number 087 744 Yes, if you want to give him a call just to see might be suitable it's not going to work for everyone but you know it might just work for you and for your family I mean certainly as an alternative I think to people going into nursing home uh, care I think it, it certainly sounds sounds idyllic if it works out and the carer works out it's a great way uh, to keep somebody at home for longer and somebody else what's the age limit for the Mochrin Firma in Mallow that um, we spoke with Ashley O'Connor the Vice Chairperson about in the last hour um, Ashley says it's from 17 they take members from as young as 17 and it's up to 35 and once you're in the organisation they don't kick anybody out at 35 which is which is good to hear but for competition purposes you've got it between the ages of 17 and 35. So 17 to uh, 35 and that's for Macra all over the country but it was Mallow Macra and Farmer that we were featuring today. Hi Patricia would you give a few mentions please to the fundraiser that's going on for the Air Ambulance I have I actually had that in front of me to mention. Thank you for and I'm assuming it's this Mike sending in the text and Thanks for sending in the uh, text. It's on in Star Trek. It's a benefit dance. The Star Trek's in Knocknagri and it's happening this Sunday, the 23rd of February. Um, half two to half past five with music by Laura Dunley, uh, Pat and Pat Daly. Tickets are av- available in all local shops and post offices and bars and I'm assuming they'll av- be available on the day uh, as well. And you can go to Star Trek's Facebook page if you want to get further details and the tickets are priced at 10 euro. I really hope that they're selling well and no doubt it'll be a great afternoon next uh, Sunday but it's such an important service, the air ambulance service because none of us, none of us know the day or the hour when we'll need to use that ambulance, uh, that air ambulance and that that helicopter is available to us so we really do need to and we know we've featured it on the programme they have really been uh, having problems getting the funding because it costs about two million a year or something to keep that air ambulance airborne so we all have to get behind it and to promote it so well done to Mike and the gang at Star Tracks in Knocknagree there'll be a great dance there next Sunday afternoon you'll have fun as well but at the same time knowing that the air ambulance service is going to benefit and Jerry has asked me to mention Mecca and Jerry have asked me to mention that the over 60s talent competition is going on in the garden room of the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow this Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Now, entry is free. All are welcome. And any late entries can ring Mecca Barrett on 086 7314616 or Jerry O'Callaghan on 86 3424720. And it is the Mallow Arts Collective that are hosting the event, um, which includes supporting acts of Johnny Bongos and friends. It'll be a fun night out as well. And good luck to everybody taking part. That's in the over 60s talent uh, competition in the Garden Room Hibernian Hotel in Mallow on this coming uh, Friday. Will we do our competition, John Paul? Are you ready for the competition? He is ready. Okay. All this week on the programme, we are giving you the chance to win with Atkins. Carrigrahan Road and Husqvarna. We've got Husqvarna hearing 
protection. They're like headphones, but they've got a built-in FM radio and we have a pair of them to give away every day this week. Now, Atkins are hosting a Husqvarna Automower Information Evening and they're hosting it tomorrow week, Wednesday, February the 26th at the Ariel House Hotel in Balancolic. Half past seven. Admission on the evening is free and one of the lucky attendees will walk away with one of these Husqvarna Automowers for free. That's Atkins, Carrickerhan Road. Everything from farm and garden. We are going to play you a line of a song with the last couple of words mowed off. You have to tell us what are the last couple of words that are missing from this song. Fine bread from a man in Brussels. He was six foot four. He was six foot four. And what comes next? Call us please, 1850-333-103 and we're going for caller number nine with the correct answer will win. Husqvarna, hearing protection with built-in FM radio and we have a set of those to give away every day this week. So our thanks to Atkins and Husqvarna. Get dialing on that, 1850-333-103. Now while we are awaiting our winner, let me go to some more of your calls and comments coming in. In on the government. Uh, Patricia, the reason we have no government is Fine Gael only favour, now this is a listener's view, Fine Gael only favoured the big farmers and Fianna Fáil did nothing when they were in power and Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin didn't run enough candidates. Simple as. That's the reason that we have no government at the moment. No other, uh, no other answer but that. Patricia, in the this is John. Patricia, in the next few days, the Dáil is going to try to elect a Taoiseach, which will be a futile ex- exercise as nothing matches in regards of numbers and parties are refusing each other's advance, advances. I believe it is within the power of our president to refuse a new election. So, how about a national government make it up of Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, and Fine Gael? and let them all share out the top ministerial portfolios. It is one sure way to give the electorate what they wanted and what they voted for, which is a left-wing input into the door. The Taoiseach's position would be voted then by the elected TDs. It's worth a discussion, surely. Kind regards, says uh, John. And at the moment, everyone is having discussions. They're all having discussions with each other. But I don't know if John's suggestion has been taken on board, has there been and will there be any plans for all of them to sit down together? When I say all of them now, let's go with the three main who, it was a kind of a tie in that they all came in pretty much in and around the same number of seats. So the three main parties, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin and Fianna Gael, what if they all sat down together and as John said, let's form this national government and you do it for the good of the country. Could it work? Would it work? Would you agree with John? Would you like to see that at least tried? You know, if they all went in and maybe it would last the four or five years, maybe it only last a year. But if you are to believe opinion polls, people don't want another general election. I know some of our listeners are saying another election is what is needed, but opinion polls are, are saying no, that's not what people want. And I get a sense from the TDs themselves and from the political parties themselves that there isn't much appetite at the moment for another election. That's not to say that it won't be ruled out and it will, will happen. But 
could Michael D. Higgins decide to, if he gets face down and say, no, you're not having another election, go away and sort it out. This is what the people have voted. You now need to sit down like grown adults and work out how you're going to form a government and go with John's suggestion there of a national government. Your thoughts welcomed on that. Obviously not by phones because phones are uh, ringing out very busy at the moment with our competition, but you can text or WhatsApp 86 2103103. Another listener says, Patricia, people don't want Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael. That was simple. That's what came out as the result of the election. Another election people don't want either. Uh, are, are, sorry, and maybe I'm reading this wrong. Another election is what is needed, I think is what this listener is saying. If we had another election in the, mo- in the morning, according to this texter, Mary Lou will get more people to work with her. Give her a chance. That's what is needed. Maybe I hope I'm reading that right. People don't want Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, another election. Mary will get more people to work with her, give her a chance. I'm assuming that's what you, that's what you mean. There are, there are a cohort of people who believe that Sinn Féin, while Mary Lou will say they won the election, they lost it in another way in that they didn't have enough TDs standing in that I mean, one of our own constituency here in Cork, they didn't even run a candidate and there was very few constituencies where they ran too but what was very evident when the votes were cast and the votes were counted if they had ran too in many many constituencies around the country they would have returned to Sinn Féin TDs from that area to Dáil Éireann and I think we would be looking at a very different political landscape in that the numbers would certainly have stacked up in favour of Mary Lou and Sinn Féin uh, rather than the other parties so there is that calling and that thinking behind well, why don't they go back out? Why don't they do it all again with Sinn Féin, fielding more candidates and then see what kind of a result that, that we would get? Dennis Inkinsale says, what Fianna Fáil want is to lie low, sneak over to the opposition. Fianna Gael lost the election as they hit. Now, this is Dennis's view. He believes they hit the wrong leader. Not a fan of Leo's then, Dennis, I take it. First of all, he was not the voters' choice. He was the wrong leader for Fianna Gael. Fianna Fáil also got a whipping, but they did end up with more seats than Fianna Gael. But with Fianna Gael, but with Fianna Gael, people have not forgotten. They've not forgotten the words of Phil Hogan when he was a minister for Fianna Gael and his words at the water protest. Oh God, remember that when he said he chased people to the grave. What about the Garda commissioner? All of these stories from over the years, people don't forget. We have we have very big memories in this country. We don't forget it for sure. All those TDs do. This is from Jur. Oh, Jur is asking. All those TDs. Do they remain as the various ministers while we're in this kind of holding area? We've had an election. The doll was dissolved, but the ministers are still in place. Are they still in place until a new government comes in? And if so, are they paid in full until then? Yes, they are. I mean, Leo Varadkar is still the Taoiseach of this country. I mean, I only saw something on the papers today. He's off, uh, he's off doing work as the as as Taoiseach, all of the other ministers remain in place. I mean, even for example, uh, Jim Daly, and I'm and I'm sure um, uh, we've Jim Daly coming on the program uh, tomorrow. Actually, uh, Jim Daly, who didn't run in this election, he's stepping out of politics. He is still the junior minister with responsibility for older people and mental health. Uh, he's actually, as far as I know, joining me on the program uh, tomorrow. So he is still in his role as minister. So, so yes, the answer is, is yes. And there, there are ministers who did stand for election and who lost their seat. An obvious one is Catherine Sapone. 
the Minister for Children. She is still currently the Minister for Children and yet she didn't get voted back in as a TD. So yes, they still remain in place and will remain in place until the government is formed. And if it is anything like it was in 2016, I think it took 76 days. It took until April before we had a new government. Will it take us long this time? I mean, there doesn't seem to be getting any closer to forming a government, uh, certainly at the moment. So yes, it is very possible that uh, we'll be many, many months uh, waiting to form a new government. And in the meantime, yes, those ministers still remain in uh, place. Okay, you can stop calling us, please, on our competition. He was six foot four and what was he? He was full of muscle. And Patricia O'Hay of uh, Cara Cora in Drimalique uh, was the correct caller with the correct answer and Patricia has won for herself a Husqvarna hearing protection with built-in FM radio. Congratulations to you, Patricia. We'll do it all over again and thanks to our good friends at Atkins, Carrickahan Road, everything for the farm and garden and we'll do it all over again uh, tomorrow. 1850 The lines are now clear. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Blood Transfusion Board are hosting donor clinic in the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen. It's on today and tomorrow, 3 to 5 in the afternoon and 7 to 9 at night. Music of the Night, a fundraising concert, Native Enable Ireland Disability Services will be held in Christchurch for Moy on Friday the 20th of March, giving you lots of advance notice on this, uh, featuring award-winning tenor Owen Hayes, Eilish O'Sullivan on flute and the Sybil Quartet with Anne Lenehan soprano and the Carrigaline sin- singers. They recently accompanied Phil Coulter and the Celtic tenors. Tickets twenty euro, and they are available from the Avon Do offices. But it's on, on giving you advance warning. Friday the twentieth of March. A senior social will be held in Donnerell Golf Club on next Sunday, the 23rd of February, from half two to six o'clock. Places are limited, so you please ask to book your place by contacting Margaret at 087 68538988. And the Irish Wheelchair Association, they're holding a fundraising coffee morning in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow this Thursday morning from 10am to 12 noon. All funds raised are going towards the purchase and maintenance of transportation for people with disabilities throughout the North Cork region. And Godspell the Musical will be staged in the Curtis Auditorium, that's in the Cork School of Music, from the 20th to the 22nd of February, half past seven each night, with tickets available from cit.ie. Cork Today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Somebody's wondering how much per week was the AL home care that we spoke with Tom Quinlan about. I asked him that and he said between five and six hundred euro and the person then lives in which is a 
huge it might that might sound a lot of money but it is certainly less than what somebody would pay for nursing home cover and certainly less than some of the private home care packages that you can put in place they can be very very expensive depending on the amount of care uh, that you actually need um, I'll get to air code in a sec there's just one more on the government that came in uh, Hi Patricia the only thing some John from Allo the only thing wrong with the election result was Sinn Féin didn't get up to 60 TDs well they couldn't have possibly got 60 TDs elected because they only ran 42 candidates. Anyway, if they did, they would have to go into government now. Now, this is John's view. They're running scared now and haven't the guts to talk to everyone except Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. 87 TDs, they, they need only 81. Don't be blaming Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael for not uh, trying says John from uh, Mallow. And I don't, I'm, I, I'm a, I, take it from your text you're putting the blame on Sinn Féin and that Sinn Féin isn't talking to Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael I, I think you'll find this the other way as well Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael aren't, aren't talking to Sinn Féin either but if you're saying are you saying put them all together and do what the other listener the other John had stated and form some kind of a national government and have the three parties that got the most number of seats and have all of them in together and see It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? See what they would do with the government. Could they, even though listening to John, who joined us earlier on from from John Magner, who joined us from Cork East, from he's part of, of, of Fine Gael in Cork East, and he was saying Sinn Féin and Fine Gael. Fine Gael simply can't work with uh, Sinn Féin and I imagine vice versa. And they said that just policies are just poles apart and they just simply wouldn't work. So if you did have this national government, how they would meet in the middle I don't know but obviously that's what they would be forced to do Okay on air codes still getting in a lot of commentary on air codes including a listener saying Patricia if one has lost their air code how do you get it back there is an air code finder online I think it's just if you google air code uh, finder uh, remembering that air code is spelled E-I-R most of us spell it A-I-R and I see in your text patch you put E. AIR down and it probably also checked due to EIR or to AIR it's EIR air code but if you go on Google there is a finder and you just literally put in your address and it'll it'll pop up you know, you'll get a drop bar and you'll see your own house will come up on it and you'll be able to get your, your air code that way Hi Patricia I had to Google our air code recently as every car insurance company would not give me a quote until I had my air code the first time ever I was asked, asked for it then a furniture shop asked me I've never been asked before for my air code and suddenly a flood of people looking for my air code I couldn't believe it, it says no in uh, Castletown Bear and you have it now forevermore and it'll be interesting to see because you know it seems to me judging by the calls we're getting in today while it is four years in operation it does seem that more and more companies now are starting to ask people for their air codes so maybe it is important that we all know it uh, I'd love to say by heart but as I say I have mine stored in my phone I can pass it on that way I've never used my air code since I got it says this listener from Bandon I think it was all a waste of money 38 million euro maybe people living in cities might use it. I'm living in the Bandon area and I've never used it and that's funny because I've got a couple of comments coming in saying it's the opposite. It's people in rural areas use it a lot more. Audrey says I'm a taxi driver and whenever I go out into the countryside I place the air, uh, I always use the air codes. I use them on my phone 
and I find them absolutely fantastic. And there was another taxi driver in saying the same thing. And then a postman was on, Dermot. Hi, Dermot, to say you may not need your air coat if you live in a housing estate in Balancolic or in Bandon, as that previous listener was saying, or if you live in the bigger cities and larger towns. But people who live in rural Ireland are using the air coat all the time. I'm a postman and everyone in rural areas certainly uses the codes when they want to get parcels and items from on post deliver. You're guaranteed that your parcel will arrive at the right house. The air coat is very important in rural and isolated areas. And Dermot's postman says a number of people are actually using it. So thank you for that. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Let's take a break and we're back chatting with Joe Heffernan. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. Eggfoil Amok, Quid Den Anihe, is Farlin. Shaw Eight Thrower, C103 Air Kirkig. Is there in Devil Yaston Gahiraho Elizabeth Fort? August Dirter Gwicha or Chandos Nasampli is Far, the Loon Reltochrohoch, on Shachtu Hishdiak. Kigger at Togoche Harnablianta, Hogalord on Doon, on Giablaw of Fos Lefeshkint, a Togoch, a Doos Borde, Sivlian Shadiak Sahayan, when Sultas Rarkana Untacha or Hahar Hurkui, O Ali Nununta, August Tog Truss, Hunfalum Fest, Baron Doon, August Nakaharach. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Unkochaun Marshall Norfolk can selfie Hogan. Nukta, quid denaneha is fari gorkik C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Final few comments in on the formation of a new government. Anthony said Sinn Féin brought many independents over the line with transfer of votes and others. So should another election take place, these people would certainly lose out, leaving the same result we have now. RTE had another Sinn Féin bashing programme last night and this is just tedious nonsense. Sinn Féin ministers have had their lives threatened by dissidents because they want to go the right route and still they're given no credit from the establishment parties who constantly seem to turn their backs on them. That's from Anthony. Somebody else says no leave out Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. There are enough numbers there without them. That's what the people voted for. And someone else says the people voted for change so no way should Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael go into government. Now please let Sinn Féin prove that they can do what they said they can do. So far they haven't been great about maths. Running 42 candidates they should have known that 42 would never 
ever get them over half the 160 mark. 1850-333-103. We will leave it there for now because I want to turn my attention to Joe Heffernan who joins me. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. And in light of the very recent sad events at the weekend with the death by suicide of uh, Caroline Flack, we've decided today we're going to talk about uh, suicide bereavement because when you get... a high-profile death like Caroline Flax, it can bring up, can't it, for a lot of people who've lost a loved one from suicide. It can bring up memories of that time. Yeah, it triggers all the emotions that maybe, just maybe, were beginning to fade a little and um, it brings the whole um, issue of the loss and the grieving into sharp focus uh, once again. Um, Yeah. And I suppose uh, one of the huge things um, would be uh, the unanswered questions. And the unanswered questions um, can often be the unanswerable questions. Um, Questions that will never really uh, have an answer. Uh, as much as one may uh, speculate on why, 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 that very often um, the answers are not there. And maybe it, it would be, you know, helpful um, uh, to maybe um, help the person in a in a in a very. Um, tactful way to understand that there may never be answers to Yeah, and there is that sense of the the blame game almost, you know, people asking themselves, you know, did I not see the signs? Could I have done something more? And in, in, in the case of Caroline Flack, her friend had been with her, had stayed with her the day before, because obviously she was at a very low ebb the, the day before, had stayed with her that night. And that morning was popping out to the shops with Caroline saying to her, I'm fine, I'm absolutely fine. And the friend said she'd pop out to the shops. And it was during that short period of time that sadly... Caroline uh, took her own life and I just thought for that poor friend Mm. who uh, was doing everything right was believing that you know Caroline was going to be okay for that you know short half hour that she popped to the shops Um, and the blame game starts then you know I should have seen something and I didn't Yeah and and, um, uh, exactly Um, I remember a colleague telling me that she was dealing with um, a person um, talking and everything and um, the person was saying, uh, things are really good now, never felt better. Things are things are great. And um, uh, my colleague was even thinking, well, will the person bother making another appointment because all is well? Um, but the person did and made an appointment for, um, as far as I can remember now, being told, the following week. Um, and when the person didn't turn up, uh, my colleague rang the number uh, that she was given and uh, the person had uh, died by her own hand oh in the intervening God. week. Now, I mean, 
a, a person in a professional capacity like that could easily, and I remember talking with her, you know, should I have seen something? Should I have copped something? And the answer was no, mm-hmm. because the messages being given, the message coming across was the things were really good. Um, uh, the, 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 the problem is, of course, that... Um, uh, the survivor is left with a very, very heavy load. And um, yes, like you say, all, all the questions. Um, oh, I remember the time I said that. No, that wasn't a nice thing to say. And and that, you know, mm. the kind of things that we all say every month or so that, um, you know, um, uh, if we if we took note of them all, we, we'd come to the conclusion we were terrible people. But... Mm. Um, and, you know. and sometimes some people will leave, you know, very detailed letters and notes explaining, yeah. uh, you know, where, why they're, why they're, why they're doing what, what they're doing. And sometimes that can end up leaving as many questions to add to the loved ones. But in other cases, there's nothing. There's no note left. No, it's completely and utterly inexplicable. Um, and w- you, you see, what will happen then in the natural course of events, of course, is that there will be major speculation. Oh, I wonder, was it that? And I wonder, oh, that could have been it. But the, the, the actual fact is that there's very seldom one sole reason. Now, in the case of Caroline Flack, I, I think, um, you know, it is, I think, um, pretty clear that um, the upcoming court case... Mm. Um, you know, would have uh, played very heavily on her mind. Now, I gather that she was ordered by the court um, uh, that she was not to contact um, her boyfriend, uh, but in fact, he wanted to contact her. And um, you'd wonder, was it a bit heavy-handed of the prosecution? Um, Maybe it's not for me, you, any of us, I don't know, to judge. But, you know, there was an image that kind of stayed with me, that she was walking. Now, it's just uh, a visual image. She was walking out of the courthouse with, um, you know, a kind of a six foot two um, policeman doing his job um, beside her. And she looked tiny and she looked vulnerable. And you'd wonder, you know, um, did they come down... Uh, what was her fame, as it were, her enemy, in the fact that it got so much publicity? Well, that's what she was afraid of, and that's what the family came out with about this. They called it a show trial, and, and that it yeah. was going to be a show trial. And I remember at the time hearing that she was, you know, they would have no contact between herself and the boyfriend. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time that obviously where the judge was coming from, as we know from other abuse cases. Yeah course of control and how often have we heard from and it's it's usually you hear from the woman's side rather than the man's side mm. have you heard of somebody who constantly getting beaten up by somebody why did you go back oh he promised he'd never do it again why did you drop charges oh he, he said he was sorry and I suppose there was that mentality on behalf of the judge yeah but hindsight is a great thing. The it judge, is. the judge, it wasn't is. to know the fragile state that that woman yeah. girl was in. You and know and I mean? do you know when we were talking there about, um, or maybe a fortnight ago, we were talking very much about kindness, and there seems to be 
a lack of kindness in today's world. No matter what horrible tragedy uh, seems to befall people, um, apparently, no, I, 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 I'd be the first to admit um, I know very little about it because I'm not on anything. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, I hear a lot about them, but I'm not on any of them. No, um, it seems that the, what, what we called them that day and what's the well-known term, the keyboard warriors, that will kind of um, uh, our trolls will 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 rush in and say some horrible things. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you'd wonder really. I, I'm not trying to be um, telling people what to do, like, but you'd wonder why would you stay on it if you're getting that kind of um, abuse. of horrible abuse? I say, I, I I saw there recently where the um, the uh, the women politicians who didn't. Um, uh, get re-elected. Uh, I don't know what program it was. I know I only read about it. That they um, they had been receiving some horrific um, uh, vitriolic um, stuff um, on uh, social media. Social media. Regina Doherty said yeah. who lost who lost her seat says that if she had a euro for every time she was called the c word. Uh, in the run-up to the election. Oh, I just thought, my God, where are we gone? Where like, are where, we gone? Where are no, we gone? that's a very and, good question, and, and I don't know what it is, because I know, obviously, we get the text messages and the WhatsApps into here into yeah, the studio. Yeah. And, and, I mean, listen, you'll have people having a go uh, all the time, but, I mean, we just have to have a broad have a have a broad back and let it run, let it sure, run off me. Sure. But I don't know what it is. You can get, you could get 10 people saying really nice things about you and you'll get one nasty text in the middle of it. And what is it about it's the one nasty one is the one you'll walk away remembering. Yeah. It's yeah. Where, and, and I know, um, um, I think it was, is it Maureen Gaffney did, did work on this um, where she spoke about that. I mean, how many positive affirmations you've got to get to make up for a negative one. Okay. And she actually she did a research study on it. Um, because all of us know that. Or you'll hear one nasty comment and it's the one, and you could have 10, 15, 20 positive ones, but it's the one nasty one. It'll stick. Yeah. Mm. It's mm. just, and mm. nobody knows what frame of mind anybody's in. Nobody could no. have predicted no. that so somebody like Caroline at. Flack, yeah. who had this wonderful, outgoing personality, that's what we saw on TV. Yeah. She was, you know, bubbly and vibrant and beautiful and had the whole world at her feet, a successful career. And God help her, she was tormented. She, yes. she was tormented. And, you know, and, and who, who, who could have known that? Who, who could yeah. have known that? And, and a quote that I heard and um, that, uh, that I think is very relevant is that even the best known experts in the world, the, the you know, recognised best known experts on suicide acknowledge that it's almost impossible in most cases to predict. And uh, like that instance that I was saying to you a while ago, that is so, so true. So there's really the guilt that people would feel is actually inappropriate guilt. Um, There's a big difference between inappropriate guilt and regret. Of course, one regrets that the deed was done. One regrets that there is a good and vulnerable person gone from the world. Um... 
one uh, obviously regrets the awful feelings that they are experiencing um, uh, after the death, even even a, a death of someone that we really didn't know at all personally, it still brings on a feeling of sadness. But when it's a loved one, well, then it's a whole different thing and very, very difficult um, to uh, to cope with. And I think that's where family and friends come in. Yeah, because Margaret, one of our listeners, says, um, I still blame myself for not going out sooner. I could have saved my dad. It haunts me. Right. And, and you see, um, what can one say yeah. um, except to say that please, please, please be kind to yourself. You know, be kind to yourself. If a friend of yours, I, I'm kind of talking to that listener, if if a friend of yours told you that, you you would be kindness itself and you would be understanding and that. So do that with yourself as well because you, no less than any other, are deserving of kindness and uh, support. So that's very important. And I think it's very important for those of us um, who are privileged um, to have someone share with us about um, uh, an incident, um, uh, uh, such a horrendous incident. And the the big word would be to listen. Um, We're not going to solve it. We're not going to make it not happen. But what we can do is we can listen, and we can listen patiently because very often in um, circumstances like that, a person can repeat a thing over and over. Um, You know, uh, something that was said 10 minutes ago is said again now, and that's very, very understandable. So that, like, to accept that um, uh, and to understand that that repetition of an, um, a, a part of the grieving that is important for the person, that um, it's part of the healing process. So to allow the person um, to to just be there and, and, and to listen. And that's what you say to people, don't bottle this up. You need to talk to people. And in and in some cases, you may even need professional help. But but until you get to that stage, you need to lean on people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and not to isolate oneself. Um, uh, in in fact, we we might talk next week about some of the factors which um, would seem to um, uh, contribute uh, to a person taking their own life, and um, and one of them. Um, will be when we get to that uh, isolation and loneliness so that that's the last thing a person really needs and um, I suppose being uh, being empathic and being um, um, kind uh, one might say look um, the person doesn't want to be having any um, company just now but but try to test it out you know um because uh it's not good for a person to just um 
uh, you know, go in the bedroom and lock the door. Um, it's it's not good for them. Now, I know that there's a time, too, when a person needs his or her own space. And, and we you have respect to respect that, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a kind of, um, you know, it's a bit of guesswork. And, but um, uh, when the motivation is good, when 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 the when the motivation is to be helpful and to be kind, I think one would seldom go wrong. Yeah, and that was one of, and I know the hashtag Be Kind is is doing the rounds on social media okay. because that was one of Caroline Flack's last posts where she put up in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Yes, and a lot of people are picking up on on, on that, and that was yes. because of the the negative things that were being said about the poor girl yes. uh, online, and that was to me was quite telling of yeah. where she was. You know, she was yeah. desperately asking people, "Please be kind to me." Yeah. You know, you've no idea what I'm going through, and that's what we all need to remember. And it's a simple thing you can. And, and I mentioned this earlier. You know, if you have nothing good to say, then say nothing at all. Yeah, and do you remember we were talking about that little book. Um, the boy, the mole, the fox, yeah. and the and the, the horse. Bo- the book that prompted you to go out and buy it. <laughs> yeah, and the little boy was asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer was kind. Yeah. Wasn't it very coincidental? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's terrific. It's terrific. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave it there. And as I say, we will return to this again yeah. uh, next week. All right, Joe, listen, okay. look after yourself. And, and uh, we'll talk next Tuesday. That's uh, Joe Heffernan, who runs a counselling practice in Bohapui. His number is 029 James Imbrury says everybody is on about being kind with regard to uh, Caroline Flash and, uh, Flack and this hashtag that's now doing the rounds about uh, be kind. Uh, but James reckons the end product for everyone is money. Greed has taken over. Everybody now is only a number and that is why so many people are hurt these uh, days and uh, let's just try and just be kind and let's forget about the monetary aspect of uh, everything. Thank you for that uh, James to 1850 That's where I wrap it up for today with a reminder to you that we have another one of those Husqvarna hearing protection headphones. They're, they're like a headphone, but they protect your hearing and they've got built-in FM radio with them. Patricia O'Hara of Dreamer League was our winner today, but we give them away again tomorrow so you'll have another chance to win and we'll do it similar again. We'll play you another line of a song and we'll have the last few words of it mowed off and you've got to be the correct uh, caller and you could win along with uh, Atkins, Carrigrahan Road, everything from the farm and garden. We've got a uh, a set of those to give away every day this week. It's a terrific prize. Okay, that's where I will leave it for today. My thanks to uh, John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and I will be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Until then, in a world where you can be absolutely anything, please just be kind. Until tomorrow at 10, I'm Patricia Messenger. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie. Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story, and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103.